2: Welcome to Nurses Out Loud, Nurse News Analysis with Nurse Michelle, Nurse Jody, and Nurse Kimberly. We are going to bring to you today some things that are happening in the news that hopefully you are also interested in because we are sure that you're probably not going to hear the right information on these topics or a perspective, perhaps from a conservative view in the regular media. So we welcome you to Nurse News Analysis, and if you ever think there's something we might be missing out on that you want us to know about that maybe we didn't hear about either, you can send it to nurses nurses at americaoutloud.com, and we will check that out and see what you have to say to us. If you have questions, by all means, send it to that same email as well. Ladies, I want to tell you all something that happened to me this week, and the audience might find this entertaining, even though it really wasn't from my experience. I was going to address the Chinese pneumonia, the white lung mycoplasma pneumonae, that was going around and that is all over the news right now that is supposedly epidemic in China. So I went to Dr. McCullough's recent Q&A that I will make sure to put a link in the show notes about where he addresses this and he educates people about it. I took some good notes and intended to go onto my Instagram uh, platform and do a live. I made the mistake of announcing I was going to do a live, but I wanted people to attend it. And red flag for any of us that are out there censored, don't announce your lives because the, the commies are going to come after you. So I attempted to go live and it took me eight attempts across three of my Instagram accounts. I kept having to tell people to go to my, I said, okay, leave my nursemichelle.rn account. Let's go jump over to treat Rona at home. Let's see if they won't be on me there. Sure enough, I'd start talking about the Chinese pneumonia, They would start saying that it's going to pause because of poor connection. And I'm like, I do not have any poor connection. Everybody listening here, I have four bars. I am good. This is not me. This is the communist. And finally, I invited people to go to my kind of secret account that's called Advocacy with Michelle that I only send people to. And I want them to have educational videos and the communists did it to me there as well so I just was lit by the time those eight were recorded and I didn't even get to say what I wanted to say to the people so one of my followers said oh Michelle just go to one of your store just go into your story and start recording and leave them there so I left about 10 clips about the Chinese pneumonia and I'm like okay communists you didn't win today I still got the information out and I saved it in a highlight bubble called flu but I am telling you the ability the ridiculousness of it was just unbelievable. But this is a topic that apparently is really on a lot of people's heads right now, especially people who may be prone to being anxious or worried. There are people who claim that they still that they feel like they have PTSD post COVID. So when they think that the whoever the theys are are about to put another disease out there for us all to freak out about, those people are very anxious. So my goal was let's address this topic. And let's talk about what this really is. And so I got that recording out there. I'm not sure if y'all are getting people um freaking out about this topic as well, but there is a lot of people concerned. How about y'all? Are y'all getting some people reaching out on that topic?
3: Yeah, I've had, I haven't. Um have yeah, maybe one. That's all.
1: Yeah, I haven't. And I've been, you know, away for the last month overseas. And honestly, COVID and um and all of the propaganda. Uh, is not is not anywhere near how it is here in America. I don't think I saw one sign for a vaccine in Colombia, Greece, Spain, Italy, England. Right. I didn't see anything about covid or anything. I mean, a couple of old uh, circles that you were supposed to stand on, uh, but. Other than that,
2: no, no. That's good to hear. And I think that's why I wanted so badly to bring it to the public and to bring it here to Nurses Out Loud in case you haven't listened to it is we are not about fear. And we do recognize that there does seem to be an agenda here in this country with our public health authorities uh, that want to instill fear in all of us, want to divide us all. And we are the opposite of that. We are not wanting you to be worried about that. So the first thing I wanted to address was, Mycoplasma pneumoniae is the actual name of what Chinese pneumonia is, and white lung really sounds like something scary, but for those of us that are in the medical profession, We know that anytime you have any respiratory illness that's clogging up your alveoli of your lungs and you go and do a chest X-ray, it's going to be white. So the sicker you are, the more progressed your respiratory disease is, the more white your lung is going to be. So just even using the word white lung is an attempt to scare you. Anybody with a respiratory virus, COVID makes your lungs go white. Flu can make your lungs go white. And it's about how much white is there. How long has it been there? And if you're sitting there not treating it, yes, it can progress into a bacterial infection that's even worse. But mycoplasma is a bacteria. It's not a virus. And I tried to make sure people understood that what you really want to do is contact your local emergency rooms and ask them whether or not they have what's called the BioFire 2.1 um, it's like a major viral and bacterial respiratory panel. And it doesn't have to be that brand because my pediatrician has one and it's called Health Track. But what you want to call is say, do you have the multi dimensional panel for respiratory infections that includes checking for numerous, like this one checks for 15 viral respiratory infections and four bacterial ones? And the Mycoplasma pneumoniae, also known the chi- as the Chinese pneumonia is on that panel. So why do you need to know if it's mycoplasma or not? And I'm going to tell you why. And Dr. McCullough brought this out, is because this mycoplasma is virulent to the macrolid drugs that are typically used. And th- that would be like a Z-Pack. And if we all know, if we think we had COVID, if, we, if you don't go get tested, which none of us really want to do, we don't even want to go get tested, right? <laughs> We're encouraging people don't even bother with testing. But if there's an outbreak of a respiratory virus that will not respond well to z and you're going to get worse because it's bacterial we want you to know what it is so getting tested on a multi-dimensional panel could play its role play it you know prove to be beneficial for you especially if you're a high risk person that's out there right that if a bacterial infection were to settle in your lungs you would be able to get treatment quickly and Dr. McCullough mentioned the three drugs that were used for it were the fluoroquinolone family, levofloxin, and the tetracycline family. But I, I don't know about y'all, but I had a severe reaction to fluoroquinolones. And I don't know if anybody knows this out there, but fluoroquinolones have a high a risk of ripping the aorta open of people with a diagnosis I have called Ehlers-Danlos. So I've had vascular uh, anomalies with my entire body ever since taking um, a quinolone. So I'm, I would be like, go for the doxycycline out there if you're going to um, be out there. Ask, ask your doctor if doxycycline will work. But what do y'all think about that uh, as far as what's going on with this fear tactic on mycoplasma pneumoniae?
3: yeah that's all it is, is is just more uh fear porn propaganda that they're throwing at us it's not nothing new like you said um you're going to get the white on the chest x-ray that's just you know pneumonia that's uh, any of these respiratory illnesses as you mentioned so i think that making it sound like some new you know ominous uh syndrome that's going around is really just uh, about frightening people into getting uh the flu shots of the rsv shot. now that, do you, did do you see that they have a new um vaccine for adult rsv have you guys seen that
2: yes ridiculous. yes ridiculous yeah.
3: <laughs> right like th- we've never even heard of adult rsv until literally this year and all of a sudden we have a vaccine for it does this make sense to anybody mm. um, so or was it being planned all along it's it's interesting but I, you know it's just more more fear porn they're trying to get the parents uh scare the parents to get their babies um, vaccinated with flu, COVID, and RSV shots um, going into this this season. So. When what you really need
2: in your home is nasopharyngeal sanitation for your little people. Go get yourself some Xlear out of the. Uh, americaoutloud.store. Don't put your babies to bed without Xlear because it actually can keep them from getting an ear infection when they've got a respiratory virus. Give them some good cleaning out of their nose. I, I did a show on a, a the last Q&A that we did. Um, the second half of the show is 100% all about how to treat RSV. And this whole RSV thing in adults usually just feels like a cold anyways. You're more likely the only people who are going to have a problem with it are the little people. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we never tested for RSV in adults. Um, And as far as those uh, tests that you're talking about, the respiratory uh, tests, Michelle, I'm not aware of any of them as an ER nurse or ICU nurse. The only way that you that we know in the hospital what type of infection is in the lung is by getting a sputum sample and then they culture it. So uh, to my knowledge, there are no tests that tell you, oh, you have staphylococcus or, you know, mycoplasm or any of those. We don't know. Yeah, that was a big that that was a big issue with covid um, just to bring up. I mean, I remember and I have a couple of documentations of patients that actually were in the ICU. They were in there for a week or 10 days prior to me being their nurse and they were COVID. So when anybody was COVID, they were just COVID. And that's all we did was the standard remdesivir, put them on high flow oxygen. And that was it, right? That that was the, yeah. the protocol. But when I was in there, I, when I was their nurse, um, I had asked a doctor if I could get a sputum sample because they had a spike to temperature. I had noticed a trending uh, white blood cell count elevation. And um, the doctor was like, no, they're COVID. And I got the sputum sample anyway. And then I called the doctor and said, hey, doc, I got the sputum sample. Do you want me to put the order in or do you want to? And (laughs) and that's that's the difference between um, an experienced nurse, right, is because we know, what to look out for. You know, we're we're especially Kimberly is night shift as well. And we were the ones who drew their labs at night and, you know, and then they um resulted in the morning. So we had to look at that so that we could give that information to the nurses on day shift coming in and let them know what was going on with that patient. And both of the patients that I got sputum samples on all both of them had community acquired pneumonias that were killing them that went untreated. They were both intubated and they both died. Um, you know, and so, um, like I said, I don't know of any tests that can tell you which one other than the sputum and culture.
2: Yeah. Dr. Paula brought it to our attention, um, that, that what we need to be reaching out to is finding out if the ERs are stocking it. So when I called my local hospital, Um, the nurse that says, you know what? I don't know. I said, well, let me talk to your lab, whoever orders the labs. So I went to the lab and they said, oh, yeah, yeah, we have to keep that here. And it's a multidimensional panel um, that Dr. McCullough had brought to our attention that tests for four human coronaviruses other than COVID plus COVID, uh, human metanomal virus, rhinovirus, three types of influenza, including AMV, parainfluenza, and RSV. And you do know and uh, on the back. Oh, that's a respiratory, respiratory that's, panel. That's, that's, yeah,
3: that's a
1: respiratory panel that has nothing to do with finding out what type of pneumonia you have. Yeah. That's, those are two different things. So this
2: is about respiratory viruses, like testing yourself for respiratory viruses. It's a respiratory panel. And the four bacteria that it tests for bacteria panel, uh, respiratory uh, things that are derived from bacteria are pertussis, parapertussis, chlamydia, pneumonia, and mycoplasma pneumonia. So it does check to see what's in the in the nose. What kind of stuff are you hacking up? And he was saying that if you do go ahead and get it identified and you find out if your pediatrician office, because you're definitely going to have these multi-dimensional panels in the children's hospitals and in your pediatrician's office, because kids are coming in with snot nose things all the time and they want to know what it is. And because it's supposed like where my sister lives right now the mycoplasma pneumoniae outbreak is actually happening. So the Chinese pneumonia is happening in Warren County, um, Ohio, and it's happening all around the country in different little areas. And Dr. McCullough mentioned to the public that the public health authorities are not notifying the local public health authorities, nor are they sending out letters to the medical associations to say, hey, you need to make sure you're testing these kids and people correctly because we need to know what's actually going on so they get the right antibiotic, et cetera. And my son within what 24 hours of me going live about that, he comes home and he comes home from his event with all his buddies. He's like, hey, mom, I need my nebulizing. Um, I got I, I got something because he knows the protocol. So he starts nebulizing and does his iodine nasal spray pretty quickly. But by the usually he's done in 48 hours and he was not. And, um, one day he didn't do treatment cause he felt like he was fine and he got sick again the next day. I said, you know what, why don't we just go ahead and get this panel done on you to see if we know what this actually is. Maybe this is this weird bacterial thing. And, um, we went and got the, the multidimensional panel and it was flu A, it was influenza. I'm sorry, it was influenza B. So, you know, of course, when they tell you it's flu, what do they do for you? They, ha- they have nothing to say and there's nothing to um, offer you for health. They're just like, wait it out. And so I'm like, well, we'll just stay on protocol and get him out. And next thing you know, he's playing basketball and having a good time. But that was something that is obviously going on right now. Fear porn is in our midst again. And also, Dr. McCullough brought to our attention that the BA-286 subvariant is here and it's making a pretty large showing and he made it made some comment that when it's about 1.2 percent on the nowcast system, that that means it's gaining prevalence, and uh, that the conversation is going in the direction that this BA 286 may actually be the one that Geert van den Bosch said was going to come eventually. That he's calling it a bad actor. That people, when they get it, are not doing so well. And it's whether, uh, especially these vaccinated people that are out there, how important it is to make sure you have your nasopharyngeal sanitation. So if you do not have it in your house, please make sure you go um, to the Nurses America Out Loud Loud store and look at the Cofix RX that's there. And then there's immune mist that's out there. And then there's um, DIY ability. If you need the recipe, the nurses can provide you the recipe to make it at home. But if first sign of a snivel, first sign of a sore throat, get right on top of it really fast. Don't let it linger. If you don't have a nebulizer, get one in your home and ask your doctor to get yourself one. So I don't, I don't really follow what variants are going on, but when he made a big deal about that, I thought, well, we'll just talk about it here as well. Any, do y'all, are y'all
3: getting a lot of people saying they've got COVID in your cities? Um, I've heard from a couple of people that they, that have COVID and I'm just wondering why people are still even testing. Like, I don't understand. um, Same,
1: same, same, (laughs) same. Why
3: are you testing? Why? Why?
1: I mean, it, it, like, it's to the point where it's super annoying for me yeah. um, to hear that. Oh, I got COVID. Oh, really? How do you know? Oh, oh, you took a experimental test that has a high false positive rate. Oh, good for you. That's like, I, I just don't understand how people, I mean, could you imagine if we had an experimental test for pregnancies and people
2: are going around saying, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant. And they're really not. Right. <laughs> yeah, the pregnancy, you would know eventually that it was wrong, right? And you'd find out, okay, there's not really a baby here. But the, the thing I like about this multi dimensional panel is I feel like there's less room for them to um, mess with the COVID test because you can't, it's one swab that's testing for all of these vectors. And therefore, any manipulation of the testing is going to be, it would seem like, less likely to be manipulated. And the people can walk away knowing, oh, because if you have COVID, COVID can be harmful, especially if Geert Bosch is correct and you're a vulnerable person. And if Geert is correct, and he's been correct about everything so far that's happened, you know, the sudden death and died suddenly. I mean, that's exactly what he said was going to happen. And here we are, right? And if this is accurate, that we, that it's, that BA-286 could be the bad actor that's Evolved because of all this hyper vaccination, then we need people to know it's not flu B. We need them to know because, or or not mycoplasma. Let's say that you're going to give somebody um, doxycycline for that when maybe they need a Z pack because it's COVID, right? Or, um, but here's one thing that's for sure, everybody. If you're not, if you don't know this, iodine ends them all. Iodine is effective at ending all of these where they're starting. So they start in your nose and mouth. They um, they grow in your nose and mouth. So therefore, we spray things in our nose and mouth that will help cleanse and cure that. And if those of you out there that are neti pot people, you're probably the people who never got COVID, who probably hardly ever get viruses um, in your nose and throat because you're already practicing the skill of nasopharyngeal sanitation. But for those of us out there that don't have sinus issues, who never use neti pots, who feel like that sounds like the most pot, wor- worst thing you could ever do to yourself, sounds like what waterboarding might be like. You
3: know, <laughs> do y'all do no, Do y'all do um, neti waterboarding? Pot? Yeah, I do it all the time. Waterboarding. <laughs> I'd <Right. laughs> like to do some waterboarding. I actually don't like the neti pot. The neti pot freaks me out a little bit.
2: That's what I. Mean. <laughs> That's what I mean. Um, there's yeah. people that do that all the time. And those are the people who've practiced. And they
3: swear by it. They swear yes. by it. and yeah, for me, it freaks
2: me out a little bit. They hardly ever get sick. So for those of us ignorant people out there that didn't, that refused the neti pot and prior to COVID who never knew about nasopharyngeal sanitation and the ENTs weren't out there teaching people like they should have been, getting yourself the iodine products in your home, the nasal spray and the throat spray can literally change it so that I mean, maybe some of you are out there that like a sick day and maybe whatever. I don't think like that. I All I see in a sick day is I'm going to be so much more behind as a woman that nobody's going to do the jobs mom does. They're just going to be waiting for me when I come out. I want to get out of the bed as fast as possible back to what's waiting for me because nobody's going to do my job for me. Yeah,
1: I saw I saw an article, uh, WebMD, that said new COVID variant, one could disrupt holiday plans. And it says, nobody wants to hear this, Mm. but the rise of a new variant is concerning experts and it may threaten your good time. You know, here's, here's the thing. It's like, I've said this over and over, you know, I mean, I've been on countless planes and trains and buses over the last month. And, you know, I, I use my, um, uh, sanitation religiously. I used it more than I ever have. Uh, Same with my son, Benjamin. But, you know, he got a sore throat and I was like, okay, well, listen, let's just start on ivermectin, you know, let's just do it. And thankfully, neither of us uh, were laid up at all. Um, There were days where we were, you know, walking around and I'm like, ooh, do I feel warm to you? So he, and he said, no, but I knew I had a a low grade temp and, um, you know, even nothing is a one size fits all and nothing works a hundred percent, but we do know that the nasal pharyngeal sanitation will uh, lessen your duration even if you were to get something and, you know, with the stress of traveling and constantly going and going and not relaxing and being in different environments for 30 days, um, took a toll on our body and, and I'm home now. And, you know, and my ears were all clogged and I was like, Oh no, but I put some hydrogen peroxide in in you know, my ears put a cotton ball immediately, immediately, uh, the, it went from a nine to a three, right? Wow. And so the congestion there is gone. and I nebulized some um, food grade hydrogen peroxide. and wow. I feel much, much better after just one one um, nebulization of that. So I think for people listening to us and hearing all these things, you know there are, there are treatments that are effective and no. we don't have to rush to an antibiotic. Right. Um, you know what I mean. Um, exactly. So, uh, keeping up with your fluid and take drink lots of water to so whatever is in you, you're flushing out. Do the um the dilute povidone iodine in your throat in your mouth. You know we have that on the at the America Out Loud shop store. CoFix RX is is this uh, network sponsor and um yeah to have vitamin D. I, you and just C. mentioned.
2: Yeah, you just mentioned something that is a family remedy where we put the cotton, but when we tell people like when you go to bed at night, just go ahead and put some um, 3% hydrogen peroxide that you just get from the grocery store. It doesn't even have to be food grade when it comes to the ears. Just put it on your um, cotton ball, put it in your ear and then chase it with a drier cotton ball and it's going to drain down your nasopharynx. It's going to impact it and it's going to be effective because it is an anti- it's an antiseptic, it's an antiviral, it's an antifungicidal, it's going to clean whatever's going on there. So and it's a natural way to do it. If you don't want to do that with your kids, you can go get some mullen oil that you can find on Amazon that we warm up and just put little drops of it if the baby's pulling on their ears and they're hurting. But that will relieve some pressure and pain in the ears, either the hydrogen peroxide or the mullen oil, or but- even olive oil. Yeah. My, my mom used to do olive oil. I, I just, my
1: eustachian tubes in my ears um, have always given me some issues. Um, and I probably looking back at it it's probably a vaccine injury is yeah. what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if the hydrogen peroxide uh, wasn't a, you know, didn't give me a significant amount of relief, I was going to do the olive oil. So yeah, you're right. Like, you yeah. know, Kimberly actually was just talking on on my show you know uh yesterday we talked about homeopathy and so i encourage you guys to listen um to my show um that aired on um the day yesterday so we'll we'll talk about more home remedies there
2: yes and everybody can go back to the nurse, last nurse q and a you'll see that we specifically address on the title RSV protocols, how to take care of RSV. So we don't need to be worried. Nurses Out Loud is not about wanting anybody out there to use fear to motivate you to anything. We want to empower you to remind you that just getting the things you need in your home and having a plan, a good plan for how to take care of your family, that will be the solution you need for staying clear of having to not go need any vaccines. Just treat it as it hits your family and be ready. So, but before we break, I just want to remind everybody, our sponsor for the Nurses Out Loud show is ASEA, A-S-E-A, and you can go to the americaoutloud.shop and get that product and we've been using quite a bit of the powder drinks through the holidays there's energy mood and mind my son swears by it before he studies for a test he takes the mind and he uses the energy before every game so be sure to check that out in the store and we'll be right back after the break
0: It's time and this is-
4: Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high stress on the go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill, It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great-tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off.
3: So, stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org.
4: Cofix Rx nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix Rx. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk League. It's a fight for the soul of humanity.
2: Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud. We're here with Nurse Jody, Kimberly, and Michelle doing nurse news analysis. And we had just told you and reminded you to definitely check out the ASEA products in the America Out Loud store. But Jody had a really fun reason to not so fun reason to yeah. use her ASEA gel. And apparently she was traveling with her ASEA gel, Redox 28, um, Renew 28. Re- signaling gel. So, how, what made you have to use it on your trip, Jody? Well, you know the the fact that I even thought
1: enough to bring it in my emergency medical kit says a lot because <laughs> I was traveling with my backpack, right? So, <laughs> there, there's not a lot that you could fit, especially having to travel with my laptop to do shows while I was gone. Uh, but yeah, so we. Actually, my son and I we were staying at low budget accommodations, uh, hostels, and and traveling. And then we were going to Athens, and I saw a really cheap deal pop up for this five star hotel. And so I thought, you know what? Let me splurge. It was only, you know, in total, another. Uh, hundred bucks for four days, right. In total. Uh And we each had our own separate room. And the next day he was itching and I thought, Oh my God, was it mosquitoes? And then I, you know, let it go. And the next day he counted 62 bites on his body. Oh my word. And his hand was like literally swollen one and on one of his hands. And I said, Oh man, that's freaking bed bedbugs. And, you know, out in Europe, you know, it, to go into the, they have pharmacies on every corner. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that is their um, standard of care is just going to the pharmacist because they will diagnose and treat right there on the spot. You don't have to fill out paperwork or anything like that. Oh. But the, the pharmacist, I said, what do you think this is? And he's like, bed bugs. And I'm like, damn it, I knew it. I knew it. And um, and so he gave him um some antihistamine and then he gave him also a steroid cream. Uh, which by the way, was $14 in total for both of those guys. So extremely wow. inexpensive. But instead of doing the steroid cream, I said, let's try the ASEA gel. And so we used the ASEA gel and, um, and it it just worked within minutes, you know, he wasn't itching, and the inflammation went down. And I thought, okay, well, I'm sure to get it, and I did. But I, I may have gotten like twelve bites, um, and um, and, and this isn't a five star hotel, right? Uh-huh. And you know, lots of people have this misconception that when you travel budget, you know, you can have, uh, you're more prone to bed bugs. But it, the fact of the matter is that they're really almost impossible to get rid of um, anywhere you go. And, um, and it doesn't matter how, and ex- how expensive your accommodations are. You can get them even on the bus or the train or the airplane. Right. So, um, but anyway, a gel redox, I mean, I've used it for so many different things, pain, uh, skin issues, inflammation, and yeah, I swear by it. So that's on America Out Loud. Shop and we've negotiated special prices, um, for our listeners. So, um, you know, you you get a good discount if you are an America out loud listener. So thank you.
2: Yeah, that's thanks Jody, for um, sharing that because we all are experiencing positive effects with that and want to share that with our audience. I thought I'd bring to y'all's attention before we, um, tackle another medical thing real quick that, um, that all the propaganda is obviously being very effective with the American public when it comes to gun laws. Apparently Vanderbilt conducted a survey asking respondents about their views on gun restrictions related to preventing school shootings and preventing gun related violence. And 72% of the respondents supported a red flag law aimed at preventing general gun violence and supported an increase to 75% for restrictions targeting school shootings. Um, The survey said that 16% of the respondents consider gun issues to be the top priority for state government. This percentage represents a significant increase from 5% of respondents in the previous fall who had prioritized gun issues. So in other words, all the news um, is definitely working on the, the population. It is worth noting that gun issues ranked among the lowest priorities for voters over the past decade while education and economy were the top priorities and this survey is suggesting that gun related concerns is one of the most conservative in one of the most conservative leaning states which would be Tennessee is be- becoming a much larger priority so Kimberly i know that at one point you did have lived in Tennessee so i'm not mm-hmm. sure you've heard about yeah. this have you heard about this red flag law
3: yeah they we actually fought back a couple of years ago um they were trying to bring these red flag laws to my county Sumner county tennessee and you know we had a grassroots effort um of you know uh, local residents who went and fought back against these ridiculous red flag laws because you know where does this end um you know it, it was insane to me um how how we're looking at talking about guns are the problem. Guns are not the problem. Why don't we look at the the amount of um, psychotropic medications that we're overprescribing to people, to young people especially, and how m- the majority, if probably not all, of school shooters have been on some form of psychotropic medication. Why are we not p- submitting red flag laws for that? That yeah, makes more yeah. sense to me. Yeah, it looks like we do have a mental health problem. I mean, even watching Absolutely. what's
2: happening with, you know, all these young teenagers running into buildings all over the place and stealing masses of things while cameras are recording them doing it and nobody's doing what's happening. This is all, it's, it's all started since this 2020 mania has gone on. And because I have a daughter who did have a chickenpox vaccine injury, whose one of her primary reactions was severe psychiatric alteration. So she tried to jump out of moving cars. She tried to run and jump through windows, like right in front of us. She would yell running toward a window saying, I have to jump, I have to jump, I have to jump. So we would later find out she had encephalitis secondary to the vaccine, the vaccine across the blood brain barrier. So I, Michelle has to ponder that all this mass vaccination of all these teenagers with this new COVID vaccine that's causing so many neurological problems, it makes you wonder, if it's yet another vaccine injury that's manifesting in our culture, that we've got a lot of people who's, there's a book called Brain on Fire, and it's about autoimmune encephalitis. And it's a form of encephalitis that is, you have to do a specific kind of spinal tap. You just can't do, go do a regular spinal tap and find this form of encephalitis. Um, University of Pennsylvania has a neuroimmunology department that spe- that discovered this. It's a I think it's an Italian doctor who discovered autoimmune encephalitis. But the book has been written about the girl that became the case study. But she, my daughter, became a severe psychiatric case because of encephalitis. And if we're dealing with a population of teenagers out there that whose brains are on fire and we're medicating those brains on fire with more, like you're saying, more psychotropic drugs, it is no wonder Our society that this is becoming a 75 percent concern inside of a conservative state that would not typically go that direction
3: right i mean guns are not the problem the people are the problem they the mental health problem that we have in this country um clearly uh, um guns um there are gun laws already on the books it is not as easy to get a gun as you might imagine they they act like you can just you know go into any store and purchase one where it is um, if you have a criminal record, you, you certainly cannot just go into any store. So there are already laws on the books that um, will prevent criminals from getting guns. But guess what? They get them anyway. And they're going to continue to get them anyway. Why are we going to punish law-abiding cin- citizens who can actually protect people? I mean, I, I want to be where there's guns. I'm sorry. I don't want to be in a soft target target and be a sitting duck. You know, right. because that's what these college campuses and all of these gun-free zones they they have they allow guns and armed guards at banks and all of these places so what are we saying when we don't allow them at school with our children um, are we saying that our money is more valuable than our children that we can have armed guards to protect that but not to protect our kids doesn't yeah. make sense to me i
2: just was in a public school because my grandson is uh, was getting tested to see if he would qualify for any um, special needs services And I saw a police officer walking around and I asked him, I said, "Um, is he here because of um, gun risk of gun dangers? They said, absolutely. He's here every single day. So I live in a very conservative state and a conservative county, a more conservative county. And I was really actually quite relieved to know that he was there packed, locked and loaded.
3: He was. That's that's kind of shocking to me yeah yeah it was encouraging to know that. Mm-hmm. Jody they wanted to, and they wanted to take the the weapons away in the hospitals. I remember that they didn't want our security to be armed any longer, um, which to me is a is a problem. Yeah, Jody, you grew up in a much more uh, like you say,
2: you know uh, a world that was a little bit more familiar with people that were maybe a little different from my very conservative upbringing. What about you, Jody, on that topic?
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, like Kimberly said, the people are the problem. It's not guns, you know. Uh, throughout the travels that I had um, over this last month, you know, people no no one respects Biden uh, or America these days. They they look at us as weak, and that's because we are. And I would say to them, the only thing that's stopping, um, that the only reason why we are still In many ways, thriving and um, not being victim to the government trying to kill us um, essentially is because we have guns. I said, uh, that's the that's the only thing that's like change uh, that's stopping. That's allowing us to still be a somewhat superpower here. Right. Is because we can protect ourselves. Um, We can never, ever, ever give up our guns. ever. Never.
2: I grew up with guns all around me. So it's always been a normal thing in my life. So I've never not, and nobody's ever accidentally hurt anybody with it. And we had lots of 16 grandchildren coming to a grandfather's house that was always having guns very frequently found in the house, locked and loaded. They were not, the the, the bullets weren't, yeah, there was storage of bullets kept somewhere else. But my dad's fully prepared to take care of business if something comes up on his property, whether it be an animal or a theft. Because when you live out in the country, if somebody tries to rob you, in the country, nobody can see your house. There's no neighbor that can witness crime. So Mm -hmm. when you're out in the country and you're farmers, you have weaponry ready when needed. So yeah, just thought I'd bring that to y'all's attention because a conservative state like that, of course, it's also happening um, in Michigan with Gretchen Whitmer, but we won't go into that today. But she did pass, uh, the legislation was passed for Senate Bill 83, doing the same thing for red flag laws. So Wake up, everybody who's in these states, and pay attention. Do what you can to uh, make sure that guns are there for the protection of those who are needing it, because we know the bad guys will always have it. Another piece of news that I thought was um, that got my attention was about what's going on in Gaza and Israel. And I'm going to play a quick clip of the doctor who's wearing scrubs and a stethoscope around his neck as he's bringing to the public's attention. About the carnage that's being seen to healthcare workers over there in Gaza.
5: We are reaching the point of no return, where blatant disregard for international humanitarian law scars our collective consciousness. As of this morning, 283 healthcare workers in Gaza have been killed. The last two months, has been the deadliest conflict in United Nations history, with 133 of their staff members killed. There have been 212 attacks on Gaza healthcare facilities since October 7th. This includes 24 different hospitals that have been bombed by Israel, over 100 ambulances that have been put out of service. Israel has arrested dozens of doctors. Their whereabouts remain unknown. The head of the main hospital, Shifa Hospital in Gaza City, Mohammed Abu Salmiya, has been under Israeli arrest since November 22nd. Many other senior doctors have continued to be held by the Israeli military for almost two weeks with no charges, and no one knows their whereabouts. Rantizi Pediatric Subspecialty Hospital. Bombed. al Nasr.
2: Okay, so he goes on to list out all of the hospitals, which there's a lot of them that have been hit. Mm-hmm. He, he, and he says all their names and he says bombed right after that every single time. So um, that is a notable thing. Um, news that is being put out there and we definitely have opinions about that so um i would love for y'all to give me your first vibe on
3: that news i'm still processing my thoughts as entering my water fast my my thoughts don't, <laughs> don't <come laughs> i've been on water well, I'm, I'm,
1: <laughs> I'm all jet lag so i'm i'm moving real slow today too so <laughs> um okay Let, let's let's uh, i'm it, it it's all it's it's the same thing to me as COVID was, right? Um, it's very hard to have an intellectual conversation on this if we don't have our facts straight, right? We have got to have our facts straight because it it, it it's just like COVID that that was an un impossible conversation to have with people when they are reacting on emotion, um, so. so having said that we know that hamas has controlled Pal- palestine, palestine uh-huh. right um yeah. uh the, th- since they came in since they came into power right and since i think 2012 or 2014 or something they they are in charge of their whole political system um they run that show there uh and and also too you know remember when there was that piece saying that the bomb um, Israel bombed the hospital and they they put that out there for the world to, you know, weigh in on. And they're like, oh, my gosh. And then we found out that it was really Hamas that was bombed, that bombed. It was a failed uh, rocket launch that hit the hospital. Right. Um. You know, and, and here's another thing. They're hiding under the terrorists are hiding underneath these hospitals. Right. So. What what else are you that now I don't believe that Israel is is bombing the hospitals and in this manner in which they're saying it is. But I forget about that because we can't prove it one way or another. What I do know is Israel said we are coming in and we are going to annihilate you guys. Um, so get out, get out. And, and people are still wanting to stay there. If they're staying there and they're not wanting to leave, um, then is, is is that Israel's fault? I, 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 I'm like, get get out of there. Right. Leave, leave. You know that they are not going to allow them to have control. And so and then people are saying, oh, well, as a nurse, like you're supposed to have more empathy or this and that, you know, but I don't know. I, I wouldn't stay fighting with the devil. I just, I wouldn't, you know, I, I I would,
2: I would, I would. They're called to being, if they feel like they've been called to be among the relievers of the sick, the oppressed, the injured, all those people who are going to be severely physically injured because of war torn bodies that have had trauma happen to them. a, A person who is motivated to care for those people, it would seem like you would intentionally start gathering groups of people and encouraging communities to start crossing across Lines into another country and getting them out of there because the safety of those people is going to 100% be at risk. And if I were to have to leave my house, much, much less my country, that would be really hard. But when, like you said, when there is notice being sent that you, we are going to annihilate this area to stay there is a danger. And I think there's a degree of medical professionals who maybe they could be even being forced to stay there. And it makes you wonder if those that are being um, kidnapped, as they said, or being held by Israel, they're going to actually end up living through this because they weren't uh, in a place where Hamas was using as a shield. So they, Right,
1: right. Yeah. And Hamas doesn't care about lives. They don't care about their own lives uh so why are they going to care about other lives you know uh, for them to come on and say you know 300 healthcare workers have died and 21 bombings and stuff i mean i believe that it's at their hands um because they know that they are going to the the only hope that they have is to get people on an emotional level um so that the world turns against israel yeah. And, and we know what's going to happen. We know that that's prophetic end times prophecy for the world to turn against Israel. So, you know, e- either way, I mean, yeah, let's, that, I mean, that's they, kind they of cannot thought.
3: have expected to not have any type of, um, you know. Pushback on you know for what they have done on October seventh. I was trying to look. I was looking on my phone. There was a particularly um, detailed article that I had read, and interestingly enough, it's um, now been removed. But it really went into detail about um, the the victims, the the women and the children that had been raped and brutalized to the point where their pelvises had been broken because they were raped repeatedly so many times oh. um, it was a very graphic article um, and I don't know How they can expect to not have any type of um, Retribution for that. Yeah, that's unbelievable when you hear stories
2: like that I mean uh, my daughter had to read the rape of Nanking when she was in college and It's a, the, a book that addresses that area of the world during wartime when all the men were away the other men that came in to take over that area what they did to the women I mean, that the, the streets were lined with bodies of women and little girls and what they did, you know, they'd already been raped to death. And, um, that, the thing that we forget as a Western culture in America, we think, Oh yeah, we're tough. We can be all on our own. Women here for the most part can be single and alone and uh, be safe. But w- when it comes to history, it, except for strong, good men, men willing to stand up and fight for the protection of women and children, evil will prevail. And I, that, that quote that says all it takes for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. In Palestine, in Gaza, it looks like what's prevailing there is the dark forces are prevailing and they're putting women, children, and men, doctors, nurses, everybody's in danger because the prevailing powers that are there are not the good powers. And that quote really, I feel like applies here. I'm really astounded with how many American colleges are having rallies for right here in my own state. University of Georgia had one show up on campus as well in a conservative state that was pro-Palestinian. So for those of you out there that are about to pay for your kids to go off to college next fall and they just got acceptance letters, you better go to NoCollegeMandates.com, go to Nurse Michelle's interviews with those people with No College Mandates. And make sure that college is on that list and make sure none of your money is supporting any of these schools that are part of the problem. The only way to stop these schools from uh, indoctrinating the next generation is for the families to put above their um, priority of – I'm not a person who's like all over – like everybody when a UGA game comes to Georgia – it is everybody's painted red and black, and it's all about the Bulldog. Michelle is one of those people who is like, does not compute, and it's not a woman thing. There's plenty of women who are totally full tilt for their football teams. I'm saying that if you get to the point where you would rather your kid be able to go to the Georgia Bulldogs because of who they are, because we went there and we went there and everybody went there, you might want to reevaluate whether or not this school, any school, is part of the indoctrination process that will totally take whatever you've invested 12 years of their lives in. 18 years of their lives in and turn them not only against the constitution but maybe even against you and your family so be aware yeah. you know it's not the COVID outbreak thank goodness for the COVID outbreak that made no college mandates even exist so that we could actually um be awoken to what is actually happening inside of our colleges and i know that hillsdale college is one of those um liberal arts colleges i don't remember what if it's in michigan but they take zero funds from um, the government. So you can't qualify for a certain kind of loans there because they they don't want any government oversight from them. So all their money is going to come from people who are like-minded donors. And I'm not sure what it takes because um, all colleges can't be like that. You know, we can't have all these state colleges and have that solution. But I think that's where we'll have to end this today. Is, is there any other comment you'll have on that before we part, though?
1: Well, I will say, you know, Benjamin after traveling and uh, I can't get into all the conversations that we had with people, but he had said to me, I don't even think I'm going to go to college. He goes, I think I'm going to go to a trade school and just uh, be educated like, you know, his brother, um, uh, my oldest son is very, very well read. And, um, and other people that we met on our travels that are like, no, I never went to college. I just. I, I read, I read. And so I think he is, uh, you know, understanding a little bit and he's only 14. So, huh, yeah,
2: that says a lot for him. that um, And no doubt, if y'all don't know about homeschooling, um, Jody and I both are homeschooling our kids. I've done it for 29 years and this is her new journey. It definitely makes for a more interesting outcome. And um, obviously his perspective, not influenced by his peers all day has made him make a deduction that looks like it's in his best interest. He's already seeing his own best interest. So that's really good to hear. Well, ladies, thank you for analyzing the news with us today. Audience, please send us in anything else you think that we ought to be bringing to the public's attention that you would like us to discuss. Send it to nurses at americaoutloud.com. And we will be looking forward to getting those from you. So thank you all for joining us today. We're all in a war for truth and on Nurses Out Loud, we're trying to look at the news and the media and expose whatever propaganda may be permeating our society and the ears of our listeners to give a perspective from the Nurses Out Loud perspective on what is actually possibly going on here and to at least consider a different argument because we're dealing with a censored world right now. Nurse Michelle had it happen very aggressively to me this week. And apparently there are people out there that do not want the public appropriately informed about Chinese pneumonia, white lung, also known as mycoplasma pneumoniae, who's been around for a long time. Okay, so we know what to do about it. We just need to get the right test. It's as simple as that. We're not going to buy into the propaganda. And we are also going to look at the things that are going on in the world from a perspective that nurses can look at critically and say. And as far as all the other news we're bringing here to you, we hope that you will Find your way to um, being critical analysis of the news in your area. And you can also spread news to your community. That helps give a new perspective because the society is being permeate, permeated by propaganda. Whoever the they are, we need to find out who they are. And we need to make sure that we get constitutionalists elected this upcoming year that are going to uphold our constitution and set the American people free. And as tax season is going to be coming up for all of us, let's all hope and pray that we can find ways that we can change the tax code so that we can stop having um, the, the amount of money that we're all earning, so much of it going to taxes when it feels like we're not being represented at all in the halls of Congress. So let's see what we can do. If you have some great ideas, send it in to Nurses Out Loud. Until next week.
4: It's time and